can, I'm, I, I don't want you to repeat everything, but what what did what I miss? No, I had to watch. Well, 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 welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler, and I am craving some significance. My purpose today is to put some pod fire in your bones. Dave is here with the igniter, and a little later, we'll be inspired by Emily, Emily Deldar and toothbrushes. And it's Thanksgiving week, but before we get too thankful, now that they've finished injecting gravy into their bones, let's welcome in our favorite turkeys, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good, good day. day. Good day. Guys, hey, hey, we're all together the again. The gang is back. Feels good. Feels right. It it's does. It's been like months. I told right? Marin this morning, I was like, I feel like I haven't seen you in weeks. And she's like, I saw you like a week ago. Yeah. I, it, it is astonishing, though, just what one week off will do. Yeah. I feel like I forgot how to pod. Dave, welcome. Good day. Gobble. <laughs> it's very Thanksgiving appropriate. Yeah. What, what's happening with Thanksgiving this week, guys? What are you guys doing? Yeah, Dave, is this your favorite holiday is this of, like all, of all holidays? Your opus? No. <laughs> Actually, it's not. No? No, because it's boring. Because it's the same thing every year. Oh, just turkey? It's like the same thing. And I'm not a turkey guy, but I got... I suggested that we do something else. There were tears. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like lasagna or something? No, I thought I'd make... Some, I don't know, something that was interesting other well, I, than... Yeah, I was talking to a family this week that also just, they're not turkey people. They make a big pot of gumbo for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's no, nice. I could get hmm. with that. That's exciting. I could get with that. Um, yeah. Are you guys turkey... I mean, Barry, I know. Are, are you guys turkey fans? Do we like turkey? <laughs> I love turkeys. They're so great. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave's already out. Uh, here, he's uh, he's what, totally out I'll on turkeys. Right back. Okay. Here's what I'll say about turkeys. I Like, I'm out. Back back when I still ate meat, I did not enjoy turkeys or turkey. Really? Because it was it was like the rare, rare, rare turkey that was ever done well, and it wasn't like hyper dry and gross. Marin is giving you the stink I eye. I am giving you the stink eye. Well, not the stink eye. No, give the stink eye to whoever I made the turkeys I, that I ate. I think I was I was just a little confused when you said rare turkey. You're right. You were thinking thought, like uncooked. Who's undercooking your poultry? If that's, they were no, the undercooking was not the problem. <laughs> Overcooking. I think that may be the problem. Oh, it was dry or something. Just, I have had awful turkeys, and I have had guys. brilliant turkeys that that will just that'll move you to tears. Really, the best turkey I ever had was deep fried, and the second best oh, turkey I've I ever this. had was smoked. Yeah, I'm smoking a turkey. Are you? Yeah. Wait. Have you done that before? I did it last, last year. year. You smoked pies. I, I did, <laughs> and I think I might be doing that again. Wait, smoking pies? Yes, I. I don't remember that. Made did we a talk about chocolate that? bourbon pie, smoked it oh, on yeah. the grill. I remember that. Yeah, a smoked pie. I'd never heard of that before, mm. and I doubted you. I had, I had real doubts. Oh, I know. <laughs> and it was delicious. <laughs> well, I didn't get to try it, so I don't know. I need to but make it again for sure. Is, I forgot I did that yeah, last year. Since then, I have been to your house. You have yep. grilled, and it was amazing. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. But in answer yep. to your question this year, uh, I'm doing the double thanks. I've got the the Thursday with the McClure's. Two helpings of thanks. Friday with the Rods. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I'm wow. That So, all right. I was talking to my wife about this a couple of days ago. I was like, man, I'm just looking forward to... Vacation, because at Grace, if you're on staff, you get Friday. Uh, this year we get uh, basically a week off of work after Christmas. Oh, right, between and, Christmas Eve and New Year's, right? right. And yeah. so I'm, I was like, I'm just looking forward to the vacation and time off. She's like, Well, Thanksgiving's coming up. I was like, 
I don't know if we should call Thanksgiving a vacation at all. I mean, you get time off for sure, but it's like nonstop bouncing from house to house. Yeah. Family stuff. Yeah. Which is fine and good, but Monday comes and you're like, why am I tired? I just had five (laughs) days off work. (laughs) You know, Um, what are you guys doing? Yeah. What are you guys doing? My sister is on her way to my house. She'll be here tomorrow at some point. So my sister from North Carolina is going to come stay with me for one night. And then we're going to caravan out to Naperville, Illinois, to visit my aunt, who is like the Martha Stewart baker cook. I mean, she's just phenomenal. Do you do this every year? Yeah. Yeah. So we've we kind of have gone back and forth between. We've primarily been to my aunt's house and then we've gone to my husband's brother's house, who is a, a chef in his own right. And you kind of can't go wrong. Both yeah. both houses are going to be full of wonderful foods. But this time we're going to Naperville to see my aunt and we'll have Thanksgiving there with my mom and all the siblings, all four of us siblings will be in the oh, same cool. place That's at cool. the same time. I don't even know if I know the last time that happened. If I've met, have I met any of your siblings yet? Probably not. If if any, you met my sister that lives in South Bend. Felicia comes and sees me the most often because mm-hmm. she's the closest. But you've never met my brother for sure, and I don't. I don't think you would have had a reason to meet my sister Maria. But we should get them on the pod someday. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. They couldn't be more different from me, and you would be fascinated. Um. <laughs> so, is this is your aunt's house? Mm-hmm. Do you say aunt or aunt? I say aunt. All right. So. Chicago. Is she the one with the microwave in the drawer? She is. You just <laughs> wow. So that like that's a very old. Reference? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember because I will say it again for anybody who's not gone that far back. But you have truly made it in America if your microwave is in a drawer. If your microwave is in a drawer, yeah. man, you have arrived. Yeah, she had her kitchen completely revamped, which is part of the reason why, you know, family gatherings are hosted at her house. She yeah. loves doing it. All right. And indeed, her microwave is in a drawer. <laughs> That's, That's huge. No wonder you call her Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah, she's, well, I mean, it's more than just the way she cooks. She pays attention to details. So yeah. It's going to be, you know, just place settings and it's going to be gorgeous. Did you already say if you're bringing anything, are you responsible for food? I am always, every year, responsible for, um, well, I'll just put it this way. Yesterday, I was at the studio till about 1130 at night, working yeah. hard, working real hard. Had my kids with yep. me. Yep. Jed's doing his stretches. <laughs> Not even talk about that. Um, and I wrap up everything. I'm really proud. We've finished the song. Like, that's it. Icing yeah. on the cake. It's done. And my son just looks up from the studio couch and says, so when are you going to get started on those pies? Got them. That's... That's it. Yeah. And what'd you say? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So when yeah. are you going to get started on those pies? So Nothing you're making, how many pies are you making? Um, I'll probably make a pumpkin pie, a pumpkin meringue pie with orange zest. That's every year I make that. And then an apple pie with Dutch apple, like crumb topping. Three. Are you open to criticism? Always. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Why, why with the orange zest? What's wrong with the regular, just like pumpkin pie? You'd be surprised. So I make the regular pumpkin pie for the traditionalist. <laughs> Dave's giving me the stink eye now. But the meringue and the orange zest, you would be surprised what that does to like the allspice and the nutmeg and the other flavors that are in pumpkin pie. Is there going to be a, like another pumpkin said. pie option? Or is it just did, lemon, did I not orange just zest? Say she, she's that been I'm very clear. A traditional pumpkin pie for the traditionalists. Just, all right, I'll, bring, fine. I'll make all right. my own whipped cream. Just whip it right up in my KitchenAid. Yeah. Because one of my least favorite Thanksgiving things is like somebody volunteers to make the pumpkin pie <laughs> or something, but it's their own take on pumpkin <laughs> pies. And you're like, 
This is apple. There's okay. apples in this. Why, why are I'm there pecans? this year. Everybody yeah. bear with me. We're going to try a pumpkin pie, but without the pie. <laughs> yeah, Says like, the guy who is smoking pies. I know. Says that guy. Yeah. Okay. Your well, own take. <laughs> <laughs> Your own take on pumpkin pies. I'm sure it'll be great. Orange zest. Orange zest. Just give it it'll a It'll be good. Yeah. Dave, are you making anything? Yeah, making most of the boring things. <laughs> oh no! You've but, been making a lot of fancy cakes recently. So well, I, I have been, but um, and I'm not even making desserts this year because of two words: Nancy Harbron. Who's that? Nancy is a woman at the North Indy campus who makes the best pies. Oh, that's right. Yes, she does. In the history of piedom, she Whoa. gave one to my dad. They are stunning. She makes it. I got. I bought from her a cherry pie and an apple pie. There's no need for me to even spend the time. Are we talking lattice crust? What are we talking here? No, they're embellishments. No, they're full crust, which I like, mm-hmm. and is they're just, Marin. I, <laughs> I had a gird your loins. I gird your loins because I had I had a cherry pie experience. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> with with Nancy's cherry pie. Yeah, so all right. But anyway, but then I gotta make the other things. But so so apparently at our Thanksgiving dinner, I have to make turkey for the weeping ones who wept when I said we weren't having turkey. Yeah. But also for Lucy and Kevin, they they needed something other than turkey. So I'll make some sort of I don't know, beef thing or something mm-hmm. or pork thing. And then Liv's bringing vegetarian turkey? She says bringing something like that. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, there's like a something. Veg. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I'm super invested in this. Yeah. I so don't ever, I don't ever invest in other, anything other than eating the meals because I am yeah. married to someone who loves to cook. My mm-hmm. dad loves to cook. My sister loves to cook. So no matter where I go with family, I'm like, you know, I'm just yeah. I'll just let you guys. But mostly. It. But let's be honest. Thanksgiving is just boring. It's 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 mostly beige. Yes, it is. Thanksgiving is beige. beige. Yeah. Beige of the holidays. House. Wait a minute. I want to yeah. know. What does Emily eat on Thanksgiving? Yeah, so Here's Emily. I was about to uh, introduce our special guest who just walked in. Emily, how are you? Good. How are Yay! you? Yay! That's a good it's a good sign. He doesn't always give that to every yeah. guest. Gosh, I have never been more intimidated by a guest than you. Wow. After I'm watching honored. you this past weekend, man. Um so you uh, how old are you? 16? 16. Okay, we're going to get to your whole story in a second, but we are all uh, we, we, Waiting with bated breath on what are you doing for Thanksgiving? We are having lunch with my aunt and her family. Oh, sounds wild. So do you have have Persian food? No. Do you You have traditional like turkey and stuffing and all that? And do you like it or do you find it boring? I'm here for it. I All like right. it. Yes, she arrives. <laughs> yeah. So I was at their house last night or last went last week. Penny and I went over to oh, their cool. house and we had Persian food. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And I, I have a new thing. What do you, what do you call that, uh, Emily? The rice at the bottom that was is just crunchy rice? Oh, Tadig. Yeah. What's that? Tadig. Tadig? Mm-hmm. The crunchy rice. I'm like, is that just, isn't that just uncooked rice? No. No. It's overcooked. It's yes, overcooked. It's brown. Oh. So, I burnt rice. I had it. They sent stuff home. I had it like for four meals in a row and I wept every time. Yeah. <laughs> you had an experience? Oh, it was good. That's interesting because there's I other did, cultures I had a that prize experience. that burnt rice <laughs> yeah. on the bottom. I know like when I make Puerto Rican rice, like the burnt rice oh. on the bottom is prized. It's a new, yeah. it's a thing. By the way, did you guys catch the latest slang? Oh dear. I'm here for I'm it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. That is a new, did, yeah. that is a new yeah, expression. That's that, what all that the kids are saying. All the youths. Well, <laughs> Emily's going to bring us up to speed. That's she right. Is. Yeah. Oh. 
You know um, me. In touch with all the slang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get there, Marin, I know you were gone last week. I know everybody is interested. What's the update? What's happening? Can you give us a quick update on how your, how your mom's doing? How are you doing? How's the fam? Yes. First, um, a, a huge shout out um, to my mom who's listening right now. Hello, mom. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I listened to the pod a little bit in the hospital with her, but I was just so distracted by everything going around. So I really didn't have a chance to listen solidly to it until I drove home from mm-hmm. being with my mom. I drove back here Thursday to get here in time for a rehearsal at Fisher's Thursday night. So driving home, listening to you guys pray for my mom. I just can't tell you. Just, oh yeah. I just lost it. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Thank you for praying for her. Thank you to every person who listens to the pod, who took a moment to pray in mm-hmm. that moment, um, be it through Facebook live or when you listen to the pod later on, even if you're listening to this pod months down the road, just continue to pray for my mom. And thank you so much for supporting us with your prayers. M- miraculously, you know, the doctor came out, the surgeon came out um, this time last week um, to tell us how the procedure had gone. My mother had a mastectomy and um, said she's going to be in a lot of pain. So just, mm-hmm. you know, she, her arm's going to be in a sling. We want to immobilize, you know, pretty much that whole side of her upper body. So she'll be in a lot of pain. And so the day of surgery, we kept asking her, how's your pain? Really? She's like, it's at like a one or a zero. And then the mm, they, wrong they answer. You her, always say 10. You yeah. always say 10. <laughs> always. Tyler, because you are the worst. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, they sent her home the next day with, <laughs> she had her choice, a prescription for opiates or over the counter Tylenol. And mm-hmm. so she's just been managing her pain on oh, my goodness. Tylenol. Wow. We were on our way home from the hospital and my dad uh, called me to just say, hey, would you mind stopping off at Walgreens or something and get name brand Tylenol? Because their whole house is just full of off brand everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think I think we need the name brand for this one. So mm-hmm. we did. We splurged mm-hmm. on a big old bottle of extra nice. strength extra strength Tylenol. Yeah. With the actual red and white. Yeah. Like yeah. Name mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. I kind of couldn't even believe what I was holding in my hand. So <laughs> she's feeling okay. Yeah. So I, I just called her before we, you know, got on the air and just to get the latest, latest update. Mm-hmm. And she said, for the most part, her pain has been managed super well and that it has been at a one or a zero. She's like, but I, she thinks she got like a half hour off. Everyone says to stay ahead of the pain. And if you stay ahead of the pain, like mm. take it every six hours, like you're supposed to or whatever, then you're golden. So she, she thinks she got off by a little tiny bit. A little late. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when she did, she's like, oh my goodness, then I felt it. And she's really? like, that must be the pain that they were talking about. Yeah. Everyone kept telling me I'd be in pain, but I just didn't feel Hello. it. Hello. There yeah. it is. So there it is. So thankfully Man. she's managing it really well mm. um, with just some Tylenol and, and a whole lot of prayers. Wow. I really, my mom, she's, she started choking up when she told me to thank everybody for praying because it's, it's your prayers that are yeah. uh, keeping her, you know, just upheld. Well, that's great news. Yeah, even emotionally. I mean, let alone the physical pain, just all of it. It's your prayers. Yeah. Thank you. That's good news. Yep. I'm going to see you on Thursday. Cool. Oh yeah. Okay. At uh, Martha Stewart's house. Martha Stewart's house. Yeah. Microwave drawer. That's cool. right. All right. <laughs> The moment I've been waiting for since Sunday is I get, we get to talk to Emily. Emily, you go to, what school do you go to? Carmel High School. You go to Carmel, hey, alumni. Really? Right here. Welcome. 
What, uh, what class did you graduate in? Uh, uh, 2001. Yeah. Greyhounds. Yeah. Greyhounds. Greyhounds. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So like I said, I've never been more intimidated by a guest because you, I watched you on, on Sunday talking with Dave and uh, I know there's going to be some overlap here in the conversation we're about to have with you and what you said this past weekend, but anybody who's listening right now who didn't see this past weekend's interview with Dave and Emily, go back and see it um, because I, I, I just want to kind of start at the point where you are 16 and you started to care about one issue, right? Yeah. Okay. Can you t- kind of tell us the story of how you got to that point in your life? The issue, of course, if you've listened to it by now is providing toothbrush and tooth care, dental care around the world, right? Yeah. Okay. So how did you get to that point where you're like, this is the thing I want to care about? So I went to the Congress of Future Medical Leaders. I represented Carmel at that. And it was in Boston at the end of June. And they were talking a lot about how these kids had cured malaria or come up with these crazy scientific experiments that changed the world. And it was like really inspiring, but I didn't really know what to do. And then in the last speaker was named Sean Stevenson, who he was a motivational speaker with dwarfism. And he talked a lot about how like overcoming adversity and how you could still do whatever you want because your destiny is over any obstacle. So then I came home and Dave had a sermon about you were made for more. Mm-hmm. And I really believed it. Yep. So then I went home and I did some research and I figured out that one half of the world doesn't have a toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I want to know. Yeah. So, like, what were you researching? Oral health care disparities <laughs> around the world. Okay. So, you're like, hmm, I am made for more. I'm going to go research oral health care disparities around the world to see <laughs> yes. how I can help. Yeah. And what, what, what did you find in that? And I am asking because my grandpa grew up in Mexico City. Now, mm-hmm. he's my grandpa, so this was a long time ago. But mm-hmm. he would tell me about, like, crushing up tortillas when they were dry and like using that as the paste on his finger to clean his teeth. Like what, what have you found about oral care in third world countries or around the world? What are they doing? Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) They share toothbrushes or Mm. twigs or use their fingers. Twigs. Wow. They just find sticks on the ground Mm. and use them. And that can spread a lot of like different diseases because poor oral health itself can lead to like gum disease, mm-hmm. heart disease, lung disease, increased maternal mortality rates. It can affect the fetus that's inside a mother. So, and completely preventable. Yeah. My dad was just talking to me about this. He's a dental technician. Mm. And so like a couple of days before I saw you on the big screen because I was in Fishers. And so your your mm-hmm. interview was sent to the Fishers campus and we're all watching you. But just a couple of days before... Sunday, I was in the waiting room with my dad and we were talking about just, we were on the subject because what he does for work, you know, and I think he, uh, a dentist called him or something and he had to make teeth for a woman who'd lost all of her front teeth because of a periodontal disease that was preventable. Yeah. Mm. I want to ask you one other thing too, <clears throat> Emily, because you and your dad both said in a lot of places, the first react, the first thing that people end up doing is extracting teeth. Could you go a little bit further in that? Because that was a concerning to you and to your dad. Could Just you pulling them out. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of organizations, they get to these countries when it's too late and when they have no cho- choice but to pull out their teeth because they've decayed so mm-hmm. much. 
but I'm not trying to go pull some teeth. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Not here for that. No, I'm not here for that. <laughs> I'm trying to um, establish a culture or a lifestyle of oral care in these countries so that we don't have to pull out teeth. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you just kind of said what some of the impact is of not taking care of mm-hmm. your oral hygiene. Yeah. Um, did, is this stuff you already knew or is this all new, a whole new world for you? Well, I knew some of it because my parents are dentists, so they talk about it a lot, but mm-hmm. I didn't know the extent of it. Like I didn't know you could spread a bunch of infectious diseases around by sharing a toothbrush, which it kind of seems obvious when you think about it, but you would have never thought about it that way. No, right? I, n- I never thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just knew I never wanted to do it. Yeah. Like if anyone in my family touches my toothbrush, I don't right. even want to look at yeah, it Yeah, just throw it away. No more. Yeah. No. Yeah, whenever whenever I put my toothbrush back in the thing and it like rolls, yeah. and it's touching. I don't even want it to touching touch. bristles with someone else <laughs> with with Olivia's. I'm like, ah, I gotta replace that. Yeah, gotta, yeah. gotta move that. But if you think about it, think no, about what room it's in. It's in the bathroom. <laughs> like it can't possibly be Sorry. good news. Guys, the rails, guys I've used my wife's off toothbrush. Off you have? No. no, I think she's used mine too. I don't think she's happy about that. But every now and then, she's just, she's just mm-hmm. learning right now that you're that you used her she toothbrush. Just, well, Mom threw out the toothbrush. Boil, boil, <laughs> boil. I think it's by accident. Like the other day. Di- never mind. I, never mind. I'm not going to go there. No, it is by accident. Yeah, it's by accident. I go. I go. This feels different. <laughs> well, it's hers. Yeah. Um, okay. So, smash cut to you starting a nonprofit. Yes. So you were inspired. You're like, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people listening to this, and there was a point in my life where I was like, what is my thing? Right. And so you heard these these speeches at the Congress. Right. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you were still like, I don't know what my thing is. Yeah. Okay. And then you decided this is going to be the thing I care about. Or did you feel it? Like, did you make it? Was it a decision or was it like Dave said, like a fire in your bones? Like you Mm. you had to do something about this. I think the fire was always there Mm. because I did. I've done like philanthropy work even like in the fifth grade and in middle Mm -hmm. school and stuff, like in eighth grade, I had actually had two bake sales, but the second one was bake sales. Yes. And I said, but listen to this, this is a cool story. So there was a um, kid in my grade who had dwarfism and, or no, he had down syndrome, but both of his parents were in jail and he lived Mm. with his grandma who had dwarfism and his tongue was too big for his mouth. So he couldn't breathe. And he needed surgery, so I had a bake sale for him where I sold stuff for a dollar or less, and I recruited some of my friends to help me, and we were able to raise enough money to like supplement what the grandma could afford, mm-hmm. and he could have that surgery. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, you're making it worse. I'm more intimidated <laughs> by you by the second. You're the first person to ever say that you were intimidated by me. Well... Yeah, but this is Tyler. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Tyler's a deeply selfish man. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So how old were you when you did that? 13. Oh my goodness. So, so what, you, all right, let's go all the way. Let's get big picture. Why, what do you feel is wired? What, what's wired you to be so compassionate to other people? Why yeah. do you feel like it's something that you should be doing to help other people? I don't know. Every time I do philanthropy work or every time I do volunteer work or I have bake sales or I do stuff like that. Like I just get this like feeling inside of me that I don't get doing 
anything else. And I think I've always known that, but I haven't really found like how I could do it for like a long term because like a bake sale only lasts like a day. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When I was 13, I don't know <laughs> here, what I was doing. Here we but go. I know when I was 16, I spent every dollar I had on Taco Bell. <laughs> and so you doing this at this age, I'm just like blown away that you're thinking like this. But what 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 kind of stuff do you do for fun? Like, is this fun for you or is this more like passion projects kind of off to the side? Like, it seems like it's taking up a large, a large part of your life, but. Uh, yes. The three main, we'll call them food groups of my life. Yeah. Are school, work, and nonprofit. There okay. Is. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny that you say food groups because Dave said the people that are working with you in nonprofit are the people you eat lunch with. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Which was my all time favorite thing. Yeah. She knows cause I keep making her say that yeah. again yes. and again and again. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's your nonprofit called? The world smiles mission. The world smiles mission. And you have a website. We saw your video, but she's working on a website. The website is being worked on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have one of those like 1990s, like animated? Oh wait, you weren't alive in the 1990s. Never mind. Sorry. Oh yeah, you weren't. 2002. That's actually why I brought up when you graduated because she wasn't I, born yet. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll graduate in 2020. How cool is that? That's pretty that cool. That is very cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Seems like I left Carmel High School in good hands. Yes, you yeah. did. Yeah. I nice, wouldn't Nice work. Time. People still talking about Tyler uh, in yep. the halls of Carmel. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So what does, what, what do you guys do? Um, we, you just collect toothbrushes. Do you mail them? Do yeah, you take we, trips over to different countries to deliver them? How are you logistically doing this? Well, we set out our first shipment in September, but it was actually like the easiest thing ever because we have partners, Dick and Susie Stevens, who run the Malawi Project. And I had yeah. met them like two weeks before um, they were about to go and I had already collected a bunch of toothbrushes. So they just kind of offered to pack it in their suitcases and take them with them. So they did all the distribution and stuff for me. And then they said that they have a bunch of people that they could hook me up with mm-hmm. to get like distribution stuff figured out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really cool. And did, did I hear you correctly when you said that you emailed every dental office in the state? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why not? I mean, how many are there oh, in Indiana? I mean, I was exaggerating, kind of more of like the greater Indianapolis area. Okay. Oh, okay. Really, like, we didn't go all the way to like Fort Wayne or anything. Okay. <laughs> but um, did my dentist? Never mind. <laughs> not that many people responded, mm-hmm. but the ones that did were really generous. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so how can people help you? We are looking to. We're still like in the. Do you need board members? I think we're good. <laughs> okay. Tyler, you want to be on the board? Yeah. Can I be on the board? You want to have lunch at Carmel yeah. High School? Can I go eat lunch at school? Oh, main cafeteria is waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what can we do? What, what, so, how can we help? Well, there's a lot of different things that we're doing. You can obviously donate. We're look, we'll take monetary donations as well as toothbrushes, toothpaste, and dental floss and all that stuff. And you can send that to my dad's dental office, which is Deldar and Deldar Dental. Um, oh, cool. It's on the corner of 146 and Hazeldale. Yeah. You just want to hand out his cell phone number? 
Yes. <laughs> no, no. No, don't do that. Don't do that. No. <laughs> sure. But you can email. I will give you my email address. It's okay. The world smiles mission at gmail.com. And if you've cool. got monetary donations or toothbrushes yes. or tooth stuff, mm-hmm. what? What other stuff? Well, like floss, gold yeah. teeth, <laughs> yeah. like dental equipment and, and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, you can either send it to that address. We also have like a way that you could send money electronically. So if you reach out to me via email, I can send that to you or it'll be on our website once mm-hmm. it's made. Sounds like you're pretty into the uh, details of this thing. Yes, I love details. You do. So you're, you're, you're like big picture because you had this idea, mm-hmm. obviously, but you're also in the day to day. Absolutely. She has to be a three. Yeah. Do you know what you are in the Enneagram? Enneagram three. She has to be a three. <laughs> Wait, what? Never it's a, it's I'm a sorry. personality. Sorry. You'll, don't you'll, worry about you'll it. be here for it soon enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what, when I heard your story, what this all kind of boils down to is you just saying, I mean, Barry's very familiar with this concept, but just saying yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you heard, you were inspired. You heard Dave. He inspired you even more. And you're just like, I need to go figure this out. Yes, I'm going to go do something, right? Yes. Barry, I guess my questions are for you. Like, how do people get to be where Emily is? Yeah. Um, do you just start doing it? Just I, I've always found that it's like a combination of A, like learning what it is that you're passionate about. And that comes from trying out things and volunteering places and reading books and just like... <clears throat> being exposed to stuff to know what it is that even like fires you up in the first place. Mm. And then the second part is, is looking for opportunities to do the thing that you're passionate about and, and seeing where like you saw a need that, that there was a gap. It's like, okay, this is not being done. Maybe I could do it. And it's that it's getting to that point of saying, maybe I could do it and not saying, nah, that's not me or I'm not possible. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, it was the same thing that happened with me. I was like, yeah. well, dad, when we had that phone call right. in 2008, when I was in New Delhi, India, and I was we in the marsh parking lot, the marsh parking lot, <laughs> rest in peace, marsh. And yeah. you and, will be missed. And you, we were talking about, I was there, I was writing blog posts about what I was experiencing and people back there were like, wow, this is changing the way that I see the world back here in, in Indiana. And you said, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this full time? And I was like, well, yeah, this is amazing. (laughs) But then I was like, but that's not a thing that doesn't exist. Like nobody, there's no photojournalism, nonprofit, Mm. you know, justice organization that doesn't exist. And make one. Exactly. So I did. Yeah. That's what he did. And it's like, yeah. And I thought the, the formation of his 501c3 was quick. How long did it take you? It took us a month. month. And it mm-hmm. took her nine days. That's insane. And I don't, were they like, yeah. do they have like a low week? They're like, man, we're not getting many applications this week. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. In October. I don't know if October is like. It's a, it's a yeah, slow it's nonprofit starting month. I don't know. That's, a, it was amazing. So anyway, all that to say, who knows? I mean, it's so, it's probably a little bit ridiculous, but in the same way, it's like, maybe it's not as ridiculous if God starts yeah. weaving something together and you say, yes, maybe the pieces do fall into place. Mm-hmm. I got to jump in here for a second, Tyler. Cause yeah. Barry says something that's important. Um, most people don't take the time to ask themselves, what am I passionate about? Right? Yes. Yeah. They do. Not, they don't do that. That's going to be one of my questions. And I'm not, I'm not sure why not. I, it's just, a, it's a, a hugely important question. What is it that moves my heart? What is it the fire in my bones? And I think if we start there, 
and 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 maybe okay i'm speculating maybe we're afraid of the answer hmm. Hmm. so like we're scared of getting in as deep as emily is maybe about something because or that sounds like a lot of work mm-hmm. <laughs> like and, for and maybe that's who's it not motivated yeah. somebody who's bored and just kind of like apathetic they're like i don't want to do all that work that could be it yeah. and it also might be um it would if i if i allow myself to feel what i really feel about it's going to be costly to me in yeah. some other way i'm going to have to invest i'm going to have to change my lifestyle even though it's the flame that draws us hmm. and we're not willing to go there i'm i'm speculating yeah. but i've seen it in, t- in so many people um, and myself too how do you, how how are you feeling right now cuz you got this 501c3 in October, which is a mere couple weeks ago, right? How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. Well, like, it seems like, I mean, Dave heard your story. Uh, is there a news story floating around that I saw? Yes, I was on Channel 8 yesterday. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. This is a media blitz this week. Yeah. <laughs> this go? podcast is about to shoot you to the stars. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to be in the Carmel Current magazine. You are? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how, how does all this stuff make you feel? Does it make you feel overwhelmed? Does it make you feel excited? Motivate? Does it motivate you more? Does it, what is it doing to you? Um, it makes me, it, it doesn't scare me. It does not scare me. It doesn't overwhelm me. I'm not overwhelmed. I think it's the least overwhelming thing I have in my life right now. Really? Yes. Because What's the most? School. School. Oh. Absolutely. Obvious choice, Tyler. <laughs> this sounds way more overwhelming. <laughs> no. Because it's fun. Mostly because right? I didn't try at school that hard, but <laughs> it's because I like it. Yes. School, yeah. That's awesome. School, I like school. Yeah, sure. But I love right. doing this kind this of This gets you up in the morning. Exactly. School doesn't. Well, it, you have to. Yeah. But, <laughs> but school is a necessity. And I, I think that's an important distinction to make that many of us have nine to five jobs that we don't necessarily love. You know, the job might not be the thing that gives us fire in our bones. But while it's a necessity and we are providing for our family, doing some of the more mundane things that life has to offer, there's there's a above and beyond you know, that is possible when you start asking God, okay, what I'm made for more. Okay. Well, what is it? Put, put it on my heart. You know, you, you went to this conference in Boston, you, the fire was lit. It's been lit for a long time. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you were doing stuff in the fifth grade, you know, but then you came back here to this place and you heard the message that you were made for more. And it was like combustion, Mm -hmm. like those two things together. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a good way to describe it. Using the fire image is it combustion. Mm-hmm. Um, what do your parents think about this? Um, at first, they were a little hesitant when I told them. They were like, oh, that's great, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. it's like when I told my dad, I have one plan and that's to be an NBA superstar and that's it. And my mom was like, you should think of a backup. No, nope, no yeah. backup. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's good. Good job, sweetie. Okay. But then they're like, but don't, but don't, don't make it, don't get your hopes up. It's okay. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, um, yeah. So now you yeah. just rub it in their faces. Now? Uh, well. Now it's beyond them. They're kind of out of it now. Really? Yeah. They're stepped well, out. Well, dad is your treasurer. Yeah. Yeah. But still. <laughs> like, he's, he's about to be fired. He no, doesn't know that. He's, but. he's there. If we need him, yeah. But I, I kind of took the reins on this one, and I, I'm. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. 
power yeah, move. And, and there were her mom and dad watching. As I was standing in the lobby, no one was talking to me at 146 of course, yeah. <laughs> It was a line waiting to talk to waiting to talk yeah. to Emily. It was it was cool. So I want to ask you, how, uh, what were some of your reactions? I mean, with all those people, how did you feel feel about that? Well, I felt really excited because I think this can be like a really big boost. And I also have a lot of like future events in mind. And so I have a lot of like new connections mm -hmm. that like I could contact and like they would help me with it. And I'm also, I have like four meetings already set up with because people. Because tell them, um, is it okay? Tell them about Anna, your conversation with yeah. Anna. This is cool. Listen to this. So um, Anna Rowe. Who oh, yeah. went to Grace? Who goes to Grace? She came up to me after the Saturday service and said that she works for a nonprofit that works with uh, Native Americans. It's a tribe that I can't remember at the moment, but we're having brunch on Saturday, mm -hmm. and we apparently live right next to each other. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, but so they're talking about combining them. Yes, mm -hmm. so yes. I think they have a need for toothbrushes, mm -hmm. so that I could I could maybe supply it to them. Yes, and then they could give it. That was something that was kind of going through my head as you were talking. I'm thinking about third world countries and, and oral health around the world, but I'm also thinking about the little faces that I knew in Chicago, mm -hmm. in poor neighborhoods, um, in the homeless shelter where I used to work. Um, oral health is a problem here at home domestically, you know, maybe I just, not as much as it is in yeah. third world, but it's here. I just had this idea. Okay. Like this, could, you could totally throw this out, but I'm just thinking, okay, one path would be for this to become something where you try to give toothbrushes to everybody in the world. The other possibility is that you, you guys start to work to help other nonprofit and other organizations around the world to, to provide oral health resources and education for the people that they already serve. That way you're not just throwing toothbrushes into the wind. You're actually like invest. I'm sure you've already thought about this, but you're, you're investing in already existing relationships. Well, isn't that what that. happened with the Malawi and project? That's what, that's what, that's, yeah. That's honestly probably how we're going to have to start just cause no one's probably going to believe a 16 year old girl. And like, <laughs> they're not going to like set up a warehouse for me down there right now. But like, right. I think if we start by going through different organizations and then we could eventually create our own relationships with the people mm -hmm. that we send it to and then hopefully like establish our own ties so we don't need those intermediaries mm -hmm. they'll believe you if you go in there and you say look my dad is the treasurer and i don't need him <laughs> okay. oh my goodness <laughs> shouldn't have told tyler that yeah. hey can i tell you one of I, i've told emily this several times and actually predicted this would happen so it was cool to see it i said yeah this is going to be cool to advance what God has laid on your heart, but watch when mm -hmm. other people come up to you and, mo and I got a couple of emails to share with you. People who are motivated to pursue their own yes. passion. Mm -hmm. My favorite moment was a little girl who came, mm -hmm. came up to her and said, do you have a website? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because this little girl also, there's all, how old was Nine. she? Nine years old. And she saw Emily's passion and the little nine year old said, I can do that. Mm, yeah. I can be that. And I, it's it's going to happen. And then I got um, an email from a woman who whose husband died last year. And so she's been going through deep soul searching in her life, trying to figure out, you know, what am I now? Um, she, I think, hearing you pushed her over the edge and she's getting in, engaged in a ministry um, with orphans in in Africa that is uh and I think it was just one more encouragement to her to make the step. So hmm. it's like it's 
yeah. And and I knew that you would get lots of support through this, but I also knew it would stimulate other people. And yeah. it has. It has. There, including the four of us sitting here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was um a couple moms who came up with their kids, but it was actually the moms that told me, Oh, I've always wanted to start a nonprofit, but I've never like thought I could do it. Wow. And I was just like, yeah, you can. It's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, yeah, maybe I will. So, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you want to do? Like, what, are, are you going to college? Like, what what what's your plan here in the next couple of years? I am going to college. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully with a full ride. That's yeah. The goal. So you'll be running this thing. I will. And what? In the, in the video I saw, you said you just kind of want to decrease the number of people who are not receiving this. Do you have like, do you have goals that you want to get into different countries or do you want to partner with different, like what are some of the things you want to see happen personally? I would like to partner with Procter & Gamble or Sensodyne Crest, all of those big companies. Set your goals a little higher, Emily. I think that you <laughs> could be, no, I'm just kidding. That's... Um, yeah. That's a big goal. That's what I want to do. And I have everything I need to email them, but I've been really hesitant to, cause I don't want to hear a no. Mm. Yeah. So, mm, so, so maybe I'm that's, like, I'm trying to wait for like the right time where I have enough to prove to them. And mm-hmm. maybe I've done like a couple distributions and stuff so that they literally can't say no. Yeah. That's what yep. is the goal. And then also I want to rate, I want to like at least get like a quarter of a million toothbrushes. That'd be good. Do you count how much stuff you receive? And yeah, that's awesome. And, um, actually yesterday I was at school and I got called down to the main office and somebody, do you think you're in trouble? Um, no, cause I didn't do anything, (laughs) 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 but, um, they said somebody saw you on TV and dropped off these toothbrushes to the main office. That's wow. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. That was fun. What's your favorite toothbrush? My favorite toothbrush. (laughs) Is there a difference? Um, Is there truly a difference? I don't really have a favorite. Just whatever I pick out of our closet for that Um, month. Does flossing really matter that much? (laughs) I didn't think so until I didn't think so until I walked into my dad's office like over the summer with four cavities. And they said, this is because you don't floss. And I said, well. That's that's good. So really, you um, can get cavities from not flossing. That's exactly the conversation my dad and I were having Apparently. a week ago. He's like, "That's where the disease starts." We like, better listen to her. Yeah, well, because yeah. parents are. Yeah. I I have way too many cavities to be a dentist's daughter. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. bad, and I get four at a time. Like I'm pretty oh, sure every single goodness. one of them. Have, they're all in it. Yeah. They're all in are it. They like gen- a little gang. Are they gentle in your teeth, or do they? No, they get mad at me when I don't open my mouth. Because my dad like, starts yelling at me. He's like, open your mouth. And I'm like, is this the way you talk to your patients? Seriously. Where's the customer it service? Matter, it doesn't matter what your parents then, do. Well, it's always like that. Well, he's yeah. like, well, his, his justification is, um, you're not my patient. You're not paying me. Oh. oh yeah, right. But he's your treasurer. Touché, yeah. Right? Say, dad, <laughs> you work for me. <laughs> Oh man, we're kind of blending topics here, but yeah. Dave, um, I want to talk about the incident that happened with the pond because there's some overlap here in what's happened since then hmm. uh, with with uh, Melissa and her story that I think you it's talked German. about inspires uh, inspires other people to evaluate. And you you said I think people aren't asking themselves what am I passionate about. Well, 
Emily clear, clearly does that. And right. Melissa, Melissa sounds like she's doing that or at least wants to share her story about her experience. And so I, I'd love to just recap what happened yeah. and then talk about what's happened since. Yeah. So Friday night, we had a big event here for the end of Rooted. Uh, Which was awesome. It was an incredible, it was an incredible, almost 30 people being baptized, but it wasn't just people being baptized because it was a Rooted event and everyone's with their small group. Every person that would go get baptized, their group would come up with them. Yeah. To the, I no, mean, nobody got baptized alone. It that, was always, it was surrounded by people. There was hugs, there was kisses. At it one was, point, we had like nine people in the tank. Yeah. Doug, I don't know, Doug, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was so, awesome. Doug said we were, I think, one person short of having to hire a lifeguard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there well, were so many people. People would walk out of the tank sopping wet yeah. and, and then hug hugging. their friends, and their friends are like dry, yeah. but mm-hmm. now they're soaking mm-hmm. wet. Like, so, it was yeah. so cool. And, and there this was, is there not, was a high school group that went through rooted just as a test and they all dressed up like it was for prom. Like it was prom. So they all had really? like it was, it was and it was tuxedos. They, they were running baptized? on stage giving me hugs. It was beautiful. It was great. Did they, did they get baptized in their form? No, no they, they changed, changed. But, okay. but two of them did get baptized. Yeah. So. And yeah, it was just, so all that to say, it was a phenomenal evening. Uh, we were all riding high. It was, um, and um, so I was, I was getting my van to drive away and I got a text. I literally had not pulled 20 feet from the from the building when Brad texted me and he said uh, a car just went in the pond Brad is the Brad Becky oh okay our Brad and so I I mean I was literally what a couple hundred feet away so I drove over there and got out and it, it apparently just happened and the car was was drifting out into the center of the pond and only the back end of the car was sticking up we didn't know who was in the car I'm, I'm gonna make this shorter so make a long story short, uh, a couple of the security guys who are actually are off-duty nobles or policemen dove into the water. And then shortly after 911 had called and we had dozens and dozens of vehicles, two other policemen jumped into the water and swam out. Uh, they broke the, uh, the back window of the vehicle and uh, pulled Melissa out. M- Melissa had had a seizure and has been struggling with seizures off and on. Um, and I'm not saying anything that wasn't in the news. This was, right, this right. was, this was in the news and everything. And so, uh, saved our life. It absolutely saved our life. My mm-hmm. favorite, not favorite. That's ridiculous. The moment that touched me the most is when they pulled her out of the car in the water and Matt throws his arm up in the air and goes, yes. Mm. When he realized she was alive and breathing. Hmm. So how long had she been in there before I, you know, someone asked, got in there? Uh, 10 minutes. Oh my goodness. I and I, I'm guessing because none of us were looking at the watch. We were yeah. just I was standing standing right on the on the edge of the pond watching all this unfold. Um yeah, so they they took her out and took her to Riverview um you know because she had exposure to the cold water sure. and then the, and then the first responders were taken to St. V's and and I went over them went over there and prayed with them and mm-hmm. thanked them. Um so but and I she sent me an email. This is where it ties back to the subject. Yep. Okay. So she sent me an email the next morning. I had told the story Saturday night. She was watching live stream Saturday night. And she said, she doesn't remember much after the seizure or passed out, whatever it was, but she does remember waking up, so to speak, or coming to, she said it was dark. She was in the water and her head was leaning against the window. And she prayed, God, after all this, meaning she's gone through these seizures for a while so after all this i've been going through is this the way it's going to end because she thought she was going to die and uh god's she heard a voice say no Hmm. no this is not it 
And so Melissa's take on that is, uh, I was made for more. I was made for more. Hmm. And I I saw her yesterday. We touched touched base briefly, but I I uh, did I get a follow up email? I don't remember her what she said. But I think the bottom line is I think we're going to see Melissa's now trying to figure out oh why did this happen? Yeah, and what am I here for? Um. So yeah. So yeah, it sounds like she's starting to ask the questions that Emily was asking. Yeah. About herself, just. Why, why did this happen? Why am I here? I feel some kind of, because uh, she, she was on the news yesterday or Monday yeah. and um, you know, people that know her, I don't, I don't personally know her, but people that know her have said she's been looking for a way to kind of share her story anyways. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of like lighting the fire. Yeah. And so it sounds like she's at a different part of the journey than Emily, you are, um, but it's still kind of the same trajectory yeah, of we, understanding we come to this for something else. We come to this place of, of, of this place that Emily was in and Melissa was in. They came two different ways. Melissa came through, through crisis and tragedy. And that's what part of the impact of crisis and tragedy is. It makes us go, what is going on? What, yeah. Why, why, why? And the Emily's was a little bit different. Emily's path was through, uh, people speaking into her life and God speaking into her life. And actually the way, she, but I would say this about both Melissa and Emily, even though they're com- two completely different people, they were both born with the same compulsion by God. Yeah. And that is to be made for more. They were both before they were born, before they had bodies, before they're two completely different people, but God gave them that chip, that virus that they would have, they would have to discover. Otherwise they would be uncomfortable until they, until di- they discovered it. They just came, one came violently to it. And the other one has come, uh, Emily's come through a different path. Hmm. And a lot of guys, a lot of people I see, and, and I think I said this in the message, I've seen way too many people get in their 50s, 60s, 70s, never ask themselves, what am I passionate about? And never deal with it. And they're miserable. Yeah. I know. I was thinking about that this weekend or last weekend. I was like, I know way too many people, because you said one of the bi- one of the symptoms of of not, asking these questions or not flourishing because you're not asking, yeah. not understanding your why is baseline is that you're bored. I know way too many people that are just right. bored. Right. And they're not even thinking about this kind of stuff. Um, and the end result of that is what you just described as being in your sixties and seventies being like, just regret. What that. am I doing? Yeah, yeah. It's regret at that point. It, and that's pretty debilitating. Um, what do you guys know? What you guys are made for, Marin and Barry? Whoa! Oh, we just lost lights or power. Um, someone turned off I'm the lights. lights. I'll go turn the lights back on. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll think about my answer while Marin answers. <laughs> go for it. Someone just turned off all the lights in the room. Nice. I think this is something I think about a lot. It would be easy oh, for go. me to rest on my laurels and be like, "Yep, I'm doing it. Made for more. Look at me go." I'm currently doing the more that I was made for. It'd be easy for me to just kind of hang my hat there. Dave, Dave's had enough. <laughs> hey, our Facebook live camera goes to night vision when the lights go off. There you That's go. Cool. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I don't want to hang my hat there. Yeah. Um, so I don't y- want to be complacent. I don't want to think, you know, that's it. I'm doing enough, mm-hmm. you know. I always want to be open 
to what God has for me, whatever that may be. That's why I said yes to you when you asked me to do this <laughs> podcast a year ago. Yeah. You know, just like, okay. I was well, made for more pod. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> What's a podcast? That was yeah. my first question. Um, but I, I think at different stages in our lives, um, that fire in our bones might, might be for different reasons. I, I think back to when my kids were little, um, a stay at home mom to this day, I, my love for my kids is like a fire in my bones, you mm. know? And so listening to stories of, you know, spectacular achievement and really, um, yeah, just kind of sensational, you know, like big, big, big wow stories. Yeah. When I was just a stay at home mother of two, it was no less wow than a first responder or somebody sending toothbrushes around the world. Like you're helping to bring up the next generation. You've been endowed with these gifts that are both challenging and incredible and amazing. And at at that time in my life and even now, that's the more Hmm. that I was made for. But it's like in addition with all these other things, like God has Hmm. just kind of built um, upon that, that foundation all these years, like leading up to now, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I just don't want anyone. I, I don't want it to be a rat race of, I got to do more more. What can I do? Right. More, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's never what this is about. No. Sometimes what you're currently doing, like that officer who dove into the water, he's, he's doing his, mm-hmm. his more, you yeah. know, he's, he's living into that destiny or the mom with her kids, she's living into her destiny mm-hmm. right there that the father with his kids living into his destiny. So my husband was really stirred by this message. It's not every day that Jed tells me, Hey, um, when we get some time later, I really want to talk to you about that sermon. Mm, really? But he did this one, Dave, this sermon really got Jed. Is that why he was doing his stretches on Instagram? Again, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that dude is. Okay. That's not so my husband. Can, I'm, I, I don't want you to repeat everything, but what, what did what I miss? For? Uh, you just, yeah. <laughs> no, I had to walk. I had, a, I, I had an important phone call I need taken. I'm so sorry. No, that's right. totally fine. But, but no, Jed, Jed was really stirred by this, Dave. Okay. Um, and I'm happy to see it. And I, I, I want to help him kind of probe these questions that he's, he's, this sermon has brought up in him. Well, what I, I know that I'm passionate about some things. And part of my response to him was, but you're already doing those things. Mm. You know, yeah. sometimes we hear messages like this and it's like, we get hungry and we want to go and chase the more. But while I think that that's important, I wanted my husband to take a step back and look at, Hey, you are a life skills person in self-contained yeah. classrooms with students with behavioral issues. And in, in that yeah. way, you're living into your calling right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I completely, I had like 10 more minutes of sermon that I had to cut out because we just didn't have enough time and that was fine. We'll come back to it in March, but I want, this gives me a chance to say this. Um, some people, it, I, if they would just step back and look at who they are right now mm. and, and pay attention to that, I'm glad to hear you say this. They'll find their calling within what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. It's maybe tweaking it to the point to say, okay, wait a minute, is in what I'm doing, how am I changing the world? And that that change of perspective can bring what you're doing right now into a new light. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Second thing is uh, some people can do a job and enjoy a job and actually find a living in a job 
but find their calling outside the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's possible. Okay, so those are those the two. The the beautiful thing is if a person can combine their job, their career, and their calling all in one thing, it's like the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like the jackpot. And then the final person is the final person that says, I just unless I leave all my stuff behind and go do this thing, I will not be able to pursue my calling. So it's all over, it's it's on that scale, find it, but it does not necessarily mean you have to drop everything you're doing and go find the other thing. Does yeah. that make sense what I'm yeah. saying? Yes, very much. I feel like it's it's bringing me to a scripture. So there's all kinds of workers. There's the the one that has to leave everything, drop everything and, and leave everything. There's the domestic one that, you know, holds down the fort here at home and just all kinds. But 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 the domestic one is the one who reframes this place they're in in terms of the healing they bring to the world. Right. That's yeah. when you had stepped out of the room. I talked about being a stay at home mom when my kids were little. Right. And how that was and is to this day. My, my love for my children is like yeah. a fire in my bones. And yeah. that's that's a calling. It is it is a calling that changes when your role switches. I'm not there yet, Dave. Okay, but I'm, <laughs> but this is another another really yeah, that's a great point. So yeah. it, when and I talk about this in the book too. When when a person when you confuse your there's job, career, role, calling, destiny, legacy. It's like you ladder up. Hmm. If you confuse your role sometimes with your calling, it can lead to disaster. For instance, a mom. Mm-hmm who's sees her calling for a period of time as raising their children and pouring into their children, which is a beautiful thing. And then they all leave home mm-hmm. and they go, they go off to school. I have seen women crash hmm. because they've confused their calling in their role because now their calling is going to have to change a bit. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So calling is not like Emily is this, I think I told her this too. There's this beautiful calling she has right now, but she'll ladder that calling up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is what her ultimate, I think I told you, not ultimately your destiny. It might be, but there may be something that will develop out of it. Same yeah. same with moms who raise their children and their calling is pouring into their children. Then the calling has to shift. Yeah, and that's what I think I mean when I say I don't want to rest on my laurels. I want to always be asking yeah. myself, Yeah. okay, is is there more or is it, yeah. you know, always evaluating you know, am I, am I right where God wants me to be? Does and, he have more? And, and what the is bigger, it? the bigger thing is what is happening in my nurturing of my children in this case? What, what is that thing that is coming out of me, that gifting that God gave me to nurture my children? So let's ask the question. Let's, let's take that about 10 feet higher and say, is there something about my nurturing capacity now that needs to extend beyond them? And is that my calling that it, this nurturing capacity? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, I've also seen this happen when a spouse loses a spouse. Mm. Yeah. And, and they've crafted their life and they're calling around that that marriage. And now there's a lostness that yeah. we all, wherever we find ourselves, need to always be asking the question mm-hmm. over and over again. What is my calling now? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I thought my calling was to uh, be a great father. And then Milo started oh, no. t- telling me no. Oh, and I was like, well, I'll find something else. Yeah. He learned the <laughs> he learned strongest the big word, word yeah. in the English language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sin nature. Oh. I warned you. He's coming. doing it, man. He, he's he got his own opinions about stuff. And <laughs> Your kid? Yeah. No. And he, it ain't so. He is very vocal about it. <laughs> Lauren was sending me articles last night 
from downstairs. I'm upstairs, like <laughs> lamenting. I'm like, why is he just so angry at me all the time? What's happening with the lights right now? I don't know. The lights are <laughs> flickering like crazy. Wow. Um, and Sorry, people listening on the Facebook. Pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm upstairs lamenting, just like, man, he was a he was a jerk to me at bedtime. <laughs> and Lauren's sending me these articles about like stages of development and how this is perfectly normal. And I'm like, not my kid. <laughs> Man. Um, so I ask, I feel like I ask this every show we talk about you were made for more, but there are a lot of people not asking the question, why am I here? How do right. we get people to start asking that question? Because I care about those people, but how do I look someone in the face and be like, Hey, you're not asking the right questions. <laughs> like you're not, you don't get it. I oh, think but that- you were made for more than what you're doing right now. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the answer lies... This is off the top of my head. I could be wrong, but probably not. I think it's accurate. Is when... It, for someone to really, truly discover this, this reality that they were made for more, I think they have to see themselves, at least in part, through God's eyes, how God sees them. Yes. Mm. That's when they begin to realize, oh... I'm loved. Oh, I have a purpose. I'm oh, a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. Like yeah. if it's just a matter of like, man, I wish I was more impressive, man. Yeah. I wish I had a, you know, if that was your, if that was your motivation for more, like, I don't know that that's going to drive you to change your calling. But when you realize what God sees in you, even just to get a glimpse of that, that in my opinion, wakes you up to the realization that, wow, what if, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you said that because we we don't seek a calling just for the sake of the calling. Right. We seek the calling and the purposes of the God who created Amen. us. Amen. Yeah. And it's Amen. like getting, I love how many scriptures you read at the beginning of the sermon. I, I, I don't know if these are the ones that you read, but I looked up a few today. Um, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times. Mm. What is still to come, I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Another one, um, also from Isaiah. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. He's a God of purpose. New King James. Always, (laughs) always New King James, and you will never change me. But when you said that God is a God of purpose, that's probably the sentence that clung to me the most out of this whole message is he is a God of purpose. If he's a God of love and we were created in his image, then we were created to love and be loved. And if he's a God of purpose and we were created in his image, then we're created with a purpose. Well, we can connect with that. Yep. That's it. We need a praise break. We do. Give me a tambourine. Because I know we're going to talk about this general concept for like the next five months or something, but it, I have, a like I said, I have a lot of people in my life right now where I wish I could just be like, Hey, <laughs> ask the right question. You're not asking the right question. You're just looking for stuff to do. Okay. Let, let's pull Emily back in here. Yeah. Emily. Okay. Tell it, me what the, to do. The thing we keep reacting about regarding you is you're 16 years old and we're like, what? 16. And you're, so you're surrounded by 16 year olds. I am. Okay, all day, all day long in school. You look at them and you heard what Tyler just said. Do you ever wonder how to help a 16-year-old or the people you're around all the time to ask the right questions? Well, the most of the stuff that I see, which I'm 
partially guilty for too, but everything we do is a resume builder. You don't do it if Ooh. it's not. Mm-hmm. And because it's like you have to look good for colleges and I'm guilty of that too. I'm, mm. a, I'm a part of, I, okay, well actually, I was going to join two clubs at the beginning of last year because I thought, man, I bet colleges would really like to see this. But mm. then I kind of realized like, I really don't like to do that. And so <laughs> wow. I didn't do it, but there's so many things that people are doing just because they want to look impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, that's part of the reason why people aren't asking the right questions because sometimes the right questions aren't going to look good in front of. Yeah. And you're trying to, you're trying to get what other people perceive as value. So yeah. it's almost like, thank God you didn't join those other clubs because now you have time to put your time and energy into this thing that gives you life. And I've that had it you're with these lights. Passionate about. <laughs> I want yeah. the podcast listeners to know <laughs> that lights are flickering and I'm sorry, we keep mentioning it. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready, I mean, I was she ready makes, to power through that. But one, she makes it. Yeah. Anyway. Emily makes a great. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Lights the lights go again. off and on and off I and on. A motion sensor out okay. there, but it's happening in that room yeah, too. I don't know. Okay, enough. But <laughs> hold on, I'll go wave my arms around. So the idea is, <laughs> we are actually are we in punked? pitch black. Are we so getting punked? We're getting punked. <laughs> but Emily makes a good point that that um, whether whether it's the. Th- <laughs> We, we can we can edit this right no we're not we're definitely keeping it in people <laughs> the lights are just going on and they off. are insane right now it's like a disco party in here i think we summon the grace church ghost that's Seriously. probably Goodness. it that's it that is weird this is, maybe it's you because it's never done this i'm scared you. man <laughs> i'm scared now we have a tooth fairy and a ghost here. That's yeah. True. <laughs> All right, let's try to push through. Power through. Someone is is doing woodworking in the shop, and I bet they're overloading the. the oh. Oh. I could tell them to stop. <laughs> could you tell them? Could you tell them, please? Because <laughs> this is becoming annoying. <laughs> okay, uh, where yeah. are we? So. You were saying, I think Emily has a really good point. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. Can you be here every week? Just keep yeah. us on task. <laughs> I think you could hold your own with Amy Christie. Oh, yeah. yeah, I really think you could. Mm-hmm. All right, who's saying what? What were we saying? Oh, I just said that Emily made a good point, and I and I wonder about the image. I'm, I'm concerned more about my image than my passion. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's an issue. And I think it probably is. I think it very much is, especially with the youths. Mm. With the youths. <laughs> what? Well, all right, Emily. What? What? What's your advice to people? Forget that, <laughs> because um, yeah, colleges don't care if you are a part of six clubs if you're not going to do anything with them. Like, mm. I actually, this isn't. Those weren't my words. That was. Purdue admissions officer's words. but she, Really? Yeah. Well, but, you hear, heard it here first. She's like, it's so refreshing to see a resume that doesn't have a bunch of clubs on it. <laughs> well, it's because if you, they can tell that you're bun- that you're just doing stuff to do it, you know? So it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a, a good example of this is your application essay. If you write your essay 
and you just say, yeah, I'm a part of this club and this club and this club and this club. And you're just listing stuff, but there's no value in there. It's a lot less interesting. And it's a lot of like been there, done that Mm -hmm. than if I tell my story of my nonprofit. Right. Which brings us back to significance. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, significance leaks then. We we can tell when someone's living with significance, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's like another part of it because I don't think that every single person is going to find their significance when they're 16. I don't think so. And so then there's a part of it that like for those people who don't find it, it's like, now what do I do? Because there's people who have found it and now they're, they have the edge over me. So I think that's where it comes in, where they're trying to supplement for what they don't have. Yeah. So I I think another real big factor of all of this is that, it's easy to think of the very like flashy, big, attractive things as the things that we're all yeah. supposed to do. But like it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to capture this. Like I did my nonprofit that I ran, people thought it was very, very cool. Cause I was mm-hmm. doing all sorts of cool stuff. I was traveling the world. It was glamorous or whatever, but my actual calling was not, and I actually had interesting interactions with some of my interns that got confused about this because one of them, she was having a hard time one summer, and she said, "She said I don't understand. I'm God called me to be an, a traveling photojournalist." And I said, "God didn't call me to be a traveling photojournalist. He called me to help connect people with the stories of of what He's doing on the, you know." And I happened to be using traveling yeah. photojournalism as a way to do that. Mm. But like, it, 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 it like it's hard when you're thing that you're doing to accomplish your calling is really flashy. Mm-hmm. And and I wish most people understood like when you really are doing the thing that fires you up, it probably won't it like most times it probably won't be something that everyone thinks is awesome. They're probably going to look at you and be like, "What? Why yeah. are you doing that? Why are you helping those people? Why are you spending your time with them?" Because that's exactly what Jesus got. Yeah. Like I don't know. It and it and it really for me when I was doing World Next Door there was there were points at which people got really confused and frustrated with me because their idea was well the next step for you is to make to go the net you got to get you know get even more famous you got to you got to make your magazine get sponsored by this thing or whatever you yeah. got to make sure and it, and I was like no no I don't think so cuz that wasn't why I was here mm. I wasn't here for it I wasn't here for for <laughs> like being a famous traveling writer, I was here to help connect the body of Christ. Yeah. And that never allowed us to reach the stratosphere of success. Right. We stayed small, like relatively small the entire time. But I feel like that was important because it was me trying to stay faithful to what I was actually being called Mm -hmm. to and not getting distracted um, by the shadow mission of where I could have gone. And one of the best examples, I think you've even talked about, on this show is uh Linda Quigley. She mm. is somebody who you said, yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm going to butcher this. I can tell you. No, I'll take it from here. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> she said at, at one point she <laughs> described her calling as living her life with extra margin. She felt yeah. called to, to create margin in her life so that she could respond when someone had, Mm-hmm. an issue in your life. And I got to tell you, that's not glamorous at all. Right. It's not spectacular, no, but it, it's, not it's spectacular. true. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Linda Quigley is someone you can rely on mm-hmm. and she'll be there because she because has margin. She has margin. Yeah. 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 All right. 
Where we go from here? What are we doing? Next week. Uh, You're in the saddle. I'm back for a couple weeks. I'll be I'll be finishing up this series talking about the last sort of element of what we believe you were mm-hmm. made for, and that's freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be different. It's a different sermon. Uh, I think Hologram? it's going to be good. There will be holograms. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm like, yeah, I'm using a, uh, an image and a story which has very, very dear to me, the story of little Peter getting adopted oh, yeah. in Ukraine. And it, mm. it is a story that always brings me to tears. So mm. I'm not sure what I'm, I, I was hesitant to even bring it up in a sermon. However, I really, really felt strongly that God wanted me to use it as a way of depicting his heart for adoption. And and by adoption I mean freedom, which is how Roman Romans eight is all about. Freedom is freedom from slavery, but not just you'll hear. You'll hear yeah, all about so. it. So no spoilers. No spoilers, but that's what it's all about. And I, I think it could be really a good way to end this series to not only remind people that they were made for freedom, but to remind them that they're so were their ones. The mm. people that, that God has put on their heart to bring back over the next four months. Mm. Yeah. So my hope is that people the people who need to remember that God wants to rescue them that that he that he's there and he's he wants them to have freedom and that the people who have already experienced that freedom would have a little bit of a fire lit in them to bring their ones over the next few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, can't wait. Uh between now and then we'll all have had Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Um beige food. Yeah, happy beige food to everybody. <laughs> uh friends of the pod, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for listening. Emily Thanks for being here. Yeah. Holy cow. Me. What a blessing to have you here. It was inspiring and you could probably just take over this podcast from now on. You can do it. Sign me up. All right. Well, <laughs> just, she's, just, she's kid, here just, for that. just, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm still here. I'm right here, but yeah, thanks for being here. Um, Marin, you weren't here last week, so. That was so funny, you guys. Like it's, it's <laughs> I didn't write it. It's the Bible. So any one of us can say Trade it no, at any point. No. Trademark Mary no. If you don't <laughs> say it. write this. Nope. Yeah. Do justly. Awkward silence. Do, do, do justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. 